Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom, freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that, yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Welcome back, friends, to the Abiding Free Podcast. Wow, we are on week six of this Zephaniah devotional series. I'm so glad you're here with me today. And before we dive in, I just want to make an announcement about our podcast here, the Abiding Free Podcast, that we are going to be taking a short, about eight-week break. The reason for that is, one, we're going to be resting. That's so important. We want to model that here at Abiding Free. But also, we're going to be recording a lot of episodes for our next season. And we cannot wait because we have so much ahead and in store for you. So make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. And this is a great time, you know, to go back to episodes you haven't listened to yet, to listen to ones that you wanted to hear again. Um, It's just a great time to just get caught up there. And so again, we can't wait to see you back um, in about September or just, you know, that's about eight weeks from now, whenever you're you're listening to this, um, this episode today. So here we go back to Zephaniah. Um, If there ever was an epic climax to a book, well, this is it. My prayer this week, even before I recorded this, this episode, I was praying for you all that God would keep drawing you into this book, into this message of Zephaniah. I pray that you would continue to wade through these somewhat difficult waters of God's judgment and wrath so that, you know, when we get to the other side of this journey, which is last week where we talked about restoration, and today we're going to talk about a picture of God's love, I pray these things would be all the more beautiful for you. As a side note, this um, recently my church brought in this woman for an equipping session, and her name was um, Amy Orr Ewing, and she is um, she lives in the UK. She is a speaker and author. She's incredible. She writes books, and um, she came and spoke on the trustworthiness of the Bible. And one of the things she talked about that she brought up, and I thought of all you listeners to this Zephaniah series, is she said that now, perhaps more than ever, people are more open to God's judgment and justice to these topics because the world, right, is so crazy. She even she even said that, you know, cancel culture is a cry for justice. And I don't know if you remember, but I brought that up in week one and I was like, yes. And um, but I also after she said, you know, people are more open to God's judgment and justice. I mean, I just wanted to jump up and just tell everyone, you got to go read Zephaniah. And I just thanked God that you listeners are here listening to these you've topics and you've made it to week six because you know what? Maybe God 
has purpose for us to share about this topic with others, to remind people that God's judgment is a wonderful thing because it is going to end this crazy evil in our world one day. And not only that, but his judgment is going to show us how incredible God's love is. So again, thank you for being here and making it this far. I cried writing this, you know, last week of the Zephaniah Bible study because it's so amazing. It shows how incredible our God is. And you know, the thing is though, um, we can spend our whole lives trying to understand the love of God and never fully grasp it in our minds. Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians that God's love is a love that surpasses knowledge on our very best days. Okay. Picture your like very best spiritual day. You know, when you've had a great quiet time or you've heard a moving sermon, something happens, right? Even on those days, we can't even grasp how deep, how wide and vast the love is completely. And yet, Why not spend our whole life trying? Because even if we grasp it somewhat in our limited minds, it should change our lives and blow us away. So last week, we left with the surprising but beautiful promise of restoration to a remnant of God's people. It was surprising because there was no record of God's people doing anything good or right, right? They didn't turn around and behave well. (laughs) It was this abrupt insertion of God telling his people about restoration, so much like our own story of salvation, isn't it? God interjects his salvation and grace into our hearts when we least deserve it. It doesn't make logical sense. So this week, we are turning to Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. And Zephaniah says to the people, Sing for joy, daughter Zion. Shout loudly, Israel. Be glad and celebrate with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your punishment. He has turned back your enemy right? It's a praise that God is bringing restoration. Now, keep in mind, we're still talking about future events. The people are still in the midst of significant trials and difficulty. This is a call to praise God in the midst of difficulty for the future hope that is coming. And then he talks about though the here and now of what we can praise God for, what the people could praise God for. He says, the King of Israel, the Lord is among you. You need no longer fear harm. Do not fear. What a reminder that we always have something to be grateful for, even in the worst of times. And it is the presence of God. The living God, the creator of the universe will never leave us. It makes me think about Philippians 4, 6, 4, 6, which is a very well-known and popular verse quoted all the time. And depending on your translation, it is, you know, either usually don't worry about anything or do not be anxious for anything. But this is the thing, guys, my, I humbly suggest we often forget the most important part of that phrase. And it is actually the sentence just before it. I wish it was more quoted. I wish we would remember that, that although do not be anxious for anything is the start of a new verse, a start of a new sentence. It was meant to be attached to the phrase just before it. You know, our English translations add the verse numbers. It was supposed to be a flow of thought. And this is what it says. Just before it says, you know, do not be anxious for anything. It says, the Lord is near. 
That's the dramatic statement. That is the sweeping and remarkable word of an all-powerful God that is literally so near to us. He lives inside of us. So because of that, we don't have to be anxious for anything. That's a twin statement to Zephaniah's, right? The king of Israel, the Lord is among you. You need no longer fear harm. Do not fear. Are you walking that truth today, friend? The king of Israel, the king of kings, the Lord God is with you today. You need not fear. He can sustain you in anything you might face today. It's hard to move past that. I mean, I could probably just end the podcast, right, on that incredible truth, but that would be mean, right? Because that's that'd be a cliffhanger because we haven't got to the most popular verse, you know, in all of Zephaniah, probably the only verse that most people know because it is incredibly beautiful, but it's going to be even more beautiful, beautiful for us today. And I'll show you why. And, you know, I'm going to read it in the NIV version and the ESV version, because I think that is the most, the translation most quoted or understood. But I actually think there is a more accurate accurate translation to the Hebrew text. And I'm going to tell you how, I mean, that's a pretty bold statement to make. So I better back it up and I'm going to tell you why. Um, And I can't wait to show it to you guys. And by the way, I love the NIV and the ESV. I use them all the time. They're two of my primary translations, but I want to show you why I think in this most, um, this very quoted verse, how there's something even more beautiful that we might be missing. So here's the verse you're probably familiar with, at least part of it. This is the NIV. The Lord God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you as singing. The ESV is similar and says, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. Okay, so I know about 99.9% of you don't have a Bible in front of you and you don't need to. But I want to point out as simple as I can that, you know, the focus on these two translations, right, is that God is going to quiet us in his love or no longer rebuke us in his love, right? We're receiving kind of the action. The action is toward us. And I've always thought that was beautiful. But this year, I switched to the Christian Standard Version and I was surprised because it kind of has a big difference in it. And I'm going to, and this is, listen to what it says. Instead of he will be, he will quiet you by his love. It says he will be quiet in his love. Did you catch that? It's a, to me, that was a significant difference I had to explore. Okay. I had to get out my, you know, nerdy Bible <laughs> questions. And one of the people I um, reached out to is Dr. John Mead, a friend of mine. He's an old, old Testament professor. He's the Text and Canon Institute co-founder, which as a side note on episode 35, I interview him um, and the other co-founder, Dr. Peter Gurry on a trustworthiness of the Bible. It's so good. I highly recommend that episode. But I reached out to him and I said, um, okay, Dr. Me, these seem kind of different. What is what is the original Hebrew text and what would be the most accurate to this? And he said, you know, he gave me some fancy Bible language. <laughs> I'm just going to break it down for us. But he said, in the original Hebrew text, there is actually no you there. So most likely the sentence should be, he, as in God, will be quiet in his love what? (laughs) The God of the universe, perfect, not in need of anything, holy, complete, and so different than us, literally sits 
and contemplates about his love over his children, his imperfect people. Listen to this quote by Kenneth Barker and just take this in, you guys. To consider Almighty God sitting in contemplations of love over a once wretched human being can hardly be absorbed by the human mind. But that is exactly the point of the verse. God delights in you. The verb is most often intransitive, depicting the inward condition of the subject rather than depicting quietness conveyed to another. In simpler terms, as I just mentioned, the quietness is directed toward God, not toward another, not toward us. He is being the quiet one. And so I'm going to repeat that phrase. God delights in you, friend, and he is singing over you today. He literally becomes quiet at times because of his great love for you. And out of that, he is singing. Who is this amazing God having a hard time keeping it together? This is the gospel because the greatest melody that was sang, that was has ever been sang, has been on the cross. Zephaniah is what I believe to be one of the clearest pictures and foretelling of the gospel. This book is about the harshest expression of God's judgment, meeting the depth of God's love. And that is the cross and grace won on the cross. Because his love met his judgment, because Jesus took on the judgment we deserved, we were given salvation. We have learned through this series that God is working in our waiting. God is gracious enough to continue working even when we're not really waiting. But here we learn that God is not only working when his people have rebelled against him, God is also deeply loving his people with an incomprehensible love when we least deserve it. Just as abrupt as Zephaniah began with judgment, it abruptly ends with an incredible kind of love, bringing both restoration and redemption. Friends, this is a reminder for you right now, today, what are you going through? Think of what you're going through. The hardest thing doesn't seem like there's a way out. Well, let me just speak this over your life right now. The best is yet to come through Jesus. Last night, my husband and I, you know, we started a movie and it was this like cowboy shoot 'em up movie. So you can tell who, <laughs> who chose that one. Um, you know, I got actually really tired and I fell asleep and asked him later, you know, did they all die at the end? You know, he said no. And because I know there are some good movies out there where the main character dies, the hero dies. But I just... <laughs> honestly, every part of me is like, I want the hero to always win in the end. I want the hero not to die. I, want the, I don't want the deaths right at the end. I want them to have a happy ending. And the good news is this is always the end of our story if we are followers of Jesus. It's resurrection. The best is yet to come. Eternal life, redemption, love, God singing over us forever. And his song of redemption will carry us to the end. No matter how bleak things get in this world, in our hearts right now, or in our lives. Because yes, right, this world is nuts. I'm not a prophet to say that no matter what day you're listening to this, it's probably nuts. <laughs> it's, it's nuts today and there's going to be crazy things tomorrow. 
but his love for us will overcome. The gospel wins. And I'm going to say it again. The best is yet to come, friends. Keep hanging on. That is the story of Zephaniah. It's about love and mercy that triumphs over judgment. It's about love and mercy that keeps us hidden in him from the ultimate judgment on that final day. And it is a love that endures through the generations and any circumstance. And this love will carry his children into eternity. Thank you so much, friends, for joining me in this Zephaniah series, which is now concluded. I would highly encourage you to buy the Bible study, go through it with some friends, go through it with your church. And, um, you know, again, please subscribe to our podcast. We're going to be taking this short break for about eight weeks. And listen, we love you guys so much. We're praying for you. And um, thank you again for joining um, joining us on this Zephaniah journey. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you.